can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Hello and welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joy Clicks. And oh my gosh, it's a big day. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, as always, though, I'm here with my co-host, Christian Buckley. How are you, my man? Mike, it's a credit to you every time you open the show because I, I really, in my heart and soul, feel it that like it's the time to do the chewy, but I never do it because it's like it's a bad idea. <laughs> But you're right. There's just I know. It, the energy right now is so great. It's so good. Yeah, we were like talking for a while, like before we even started to hit record about like all the stuff that's happening. We were like, at least I was kind of thinking to myself, like, we got to start this now. We just got to get this all on tape. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are we are in the midst of Star Wars celebration right now. We're recording this right now on Friday, May twenty seventh, around six thirty uh, Eastern Standard Time. So uh, if we miss something, um, that's probably why. Uh, we will be checking mm-hmm. occasionally to see if anything drops while we are, uh, any, any news drops while we're recording this. But boy, oh boy, are we eating good today, Christian. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Too much even, one could say. <laughs> yeah, like, it feels like the last few weeks, like, we've had, we, we've been, like, digging for scraps basically mm-hmm. and now it's the full five course meal right in front of us like <laughs> um yeah it's crazy mm-hmm. and we took a week off also just because uh traveling for me on my end and last week there was the the vanity fair spread which we do have like a small little thing to bring up from that but yeah celebration is feeding us and it is only the second day of a four-day event so yeah and and not only not only is it celebration but we're also we also got the first two episodes of the obi-wan kenobi show uh today last night i watched it like at midnight me too um so we got a lot to talk about today we're going to be covering all the big news out of star wars celebration uh we will be going through some of the trailers that dropped we'll be talking about them giving our opinions um just you know generally just going through everything we will also be at the end of the episode talking about uh part one and part two of obi-wan kenobi so definitely stay tuned for that um before i get into this christian just like how are you my man it's been it's been two weeks since we since we started doing this and there's i feel like i feel like there's just a lot going on yeah i'm good uh the the time away was a nice recharge i had a mini vacation in new york city which was nice. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited because it's been Marvel season since like, I don't know, Boba Fett ended, but I've just been waiting for the Star Wars season to come back and it is seasoned like a, like a fine meal right now. I know I just swapped the season of the calendar to the season of a dish, but I don't care. It's that good. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm following you, so, you know, <laughs> I get it. Um, but yeah, man, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, it, it, because we have so much to talk about today, we will be skipping from the Jedi Archives. Normally, we, we start off an episode with that, but boy, oh boy, we just have so much so much eating to do. Yeah. We're going to get right. We're going to get right into it. And I guarantee you, we will need to fill that time next week because we're not getting any news next week. <laughs> exactly we'll do well uh, yeah maybe we'll do two uh articles next week yeah, maybe. <laughs> why not mm-hmm. um 
Well, starting it off, uh, we have some some short, quick news hits. These are fun. Uh, just before we get into some of the the deep, deep dive Star Wars celebration news. Um, so first off, uh, Christian, you put this on the document here. Uh, we got Obi Wan Kenobi in Fortnite. Yes, Sans lightsaber. Might I add, just because I don't know. He's in exile. Yeah. Uh, he he. I I saw uh, Paul Tassi uh a journalist for forbes in the gaming division mm-hmm. the other day like tweet out when it went out like oh yeah obi-wan with his iconic knife because that's what comes <laughs> with him as the the pickaxe but when i watched the episode of the show i was like that's the knife that's the fortnite knife <laughs> so oh wait so it's the knife that he uses in the show that they gave him yeah in fortnite yeah oh that's awesome yeah. i love it i, I feel like having a I feel like having a lightsaber in Fortnite would be OP unless it's like everybody else also has the opportunity to get that. <laughs> yeah, well, what's cool is that for May the 4th, they brought back the lightsabers as like weapons in the game. Yeah. And yeah, the controls for those are really fun, I think. But I swear there's a lightsaber pickaxe. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe maybe one day we'll get it. But uh this is one I might pick up. I have some leftover V-Bucks from the last season I played. So, uh, love Obi-Wan. And it's a good-looking character model, so I might have to pick this up. So, is it just Obi-Wan? Is there anything else that, that they've also released? Or? So, as of right now, I believe it's just Obi-Wan. Um, there is, like, a pack that comes with, like, an emote, uh, uh, like a not like a dance but like a move that like he pulls up i think the the communicator and you get a little fun interaction uh his glider is his ship from the beginning of revenge of the sith so that's cool but that's sick yeah um i imagine down the line they'll add probably darth vader uh there's rumors that he might be in the next battle pass which is coming to the game in like a week or so so yeah Fun times ahead in Fortnite for Star Wars fans. Man, gotta love it. Um, also, another quick hit of news. Um, some interesting information about Attack the Clones recently came out. Um, I think two weeks ago we celebrated, um, or at least recognized the fact that Attack of the Clones turned 20, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, ridiculous. Um, but, uh, Christian, you put this on the on the uh, dock here. Why don't, you, why don't you explain this real quick? Okay, so... There was an interview that Ewan McGregor did with, I believe, Vanity Fair as well. Or, actually, I think it was Slash Film. Um, I'll double check as we're going. But basically, I can read the direct quote. Uh, it is from Slash Film uh, talking about the cameras and crane tech they used to shoot Attack of the Clones. Ewan McGregor said, quote, The umbilicals led to this big tent in the corner of the stage that literally hummed. It was so noisy, and when in post-production, they realized at the end that the noise they made was exactly the frequency of the human voice. We had to ADR every single line of episode two. None of the original dialogue made it through because of that, because the cameras were just so new. None of the bugs had been worked out yet. Uh, and yeah, that that is the gist of it. So essentially, if you're not familiar with ADR, uh, I think it stands for additional dialogue recording, where... In the film process, post-production, after you've shot everything, uh, you would, like, as an editor, see that, oh, this shot on this street, on this set, we're doing a dialogue exchange. 
but the microphone picked up a car door slamming offset in the background. We'll have the actor or a voice match come in and read the line that was in the scene just to get a clean read, no background noise. So the entire movie had that sound and they had to do and redub the entire film. So the original version of Attack of the Clones is completely lost. That is crazy, man. I, it's crazy because we had no idea. Yeah, until I mean, like, so. I don't know about you, but like, I, I feel like watching Attack of the Clones, there were a couple of times where I was like, oh, it was clear at that point. Like, there was like a frame where it felt off. It was like, okay, that was probably a line they did in a booth. But yeah, I never realized it was the whole damn movie. That's ridiculous. I mean, a testament to the uh, sound engineers on that movie because it looks and sounds pretty seamless, honestly. Like, yeah. But like, that's wild. I would explains a lot. I think, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh -huh. it does explain a lot. <laughs> yeah, some of that. Some of this. Yeah. Some of the stilted dialogue and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting, though. I mean, I that must have cost them a lot of money like oh to, yeah to just like re re-record all that yeah I, that's bonkers and i texted um somebody who i've worked with before who's like in with audio stuff just to send him the article because i thought he'd get a kick out of it and apparently lord of the rings had the same problem but they did like 60 or 70 percent of the movie they had to redo which i never knew about wild stuff I guess that must happen more often than we think. They're just really good at their jobs, right, Christian? Apparently, yeah. I just never heard of that in my life. <laughs> For how much I read yeah. about film stuff, I feel like nuts. Totally, man. I was pretty blown blown back by that as well. So, yeah. good find, good find, good find. Um, so, let's just jump right into it, Christian. We have so much to talk about. Um, let's start with, with some video games. Of course, there's been a lot of a lot of news coming out of Star Wars Celebration. Um, and today, probably just a few hours ago as of recording this, uh, we got a new teaser trailer and a confirmation for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the sequel uh, follow-up game to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and, yeah... I, I think on this podcast, Christian and I have talked about how we expect to, we expected to see something about the Star Wars Fall, uh, Fallen Order sequel at Celebration. Um, I, I don't know if I was necessarily thinking that we'd get a teaser trailer in the way that we did. It's not a gameplay trailer. Um, it's yeah. all like, you know, just like cutscenes almost. But it, it, you know, it surprised me. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, I was maybe expecting something along these lines right where initially when fallen order got its first trailer it was like that cg cinematic of cal Kestis on the train and i don't think we knew cal's name yet but i was expecting that like i wasn't expecting gameplay or anything but yeah what we did get i i think the thing that most surprised me about it is the tone of it because it feels different like that first game really feels like you have that adventure vibe to it this feels like haunting in a way i think i agree i agree just through like the imagery and stuff i do want to say that 
they have confirmed that this is going to be coming out in 2023. So any hopes of this coming out in 2022 uh, is, is completely lost. Um, but uh, the rumor is that uh, this game will release uh, quarter one. So like February or March, but that's not confirmed. Just the fact that it's coming out next year uh, is confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um which makes sense. The other game came out in November of 2019, so it's been a, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to like go through the trailer. If you just want to talk about some things that kind of stuck out to you, Christian. Sure. Um, it's not that long of a trailer. Um, is there anything? Is there anything that kind of just like pops into your head of things that sort of stuck out to you? Uh, yeah, a, a couple. I think the first thing is clearly Cal and or mainly Cal, I guess, looks older. Uh, they did say yep. that this takes place five years after the end of Fallen Order. So, decent time jump, but within the trailer itself, something that stood out to me was we see a crashed view of the Mantis cockpit. Mm-hmm. The game is called Survivor. Uh, we only see Cal and BD1. <laughs> Where is Merrin? Where is Seer? And where is Grease? Is there a problem? Did something happen? Yeah, that's the first thing I thought about, too. Um, I think that there still is the possibility that they just aren't showing us them. Uh, yeah, for And that sure. they will be in the game. Uh, because this is, a tra- this is a teaser trailer. It's only, like, a minute long. So they don't have all the time in the world. Um, but, yeah, you would think that, like, based off of the... Uh, impact that those characters had in the first game that they would at least be shown in in the trailer or something like that um mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think that necessarily means that they're not going to be in the game though i think i i i see where you're going with i see where you're going though like mm-hmm. is there is there some sort of rift between them did like one of them get captured or die or something like that who knows yeah was grease found dead in one of his gambling areas and then the gang just fell apart at that point. Is that it? I don't know. Well, they can't can't do anything without Grease, you know. Why would you do anything with them? No, they need a pilot. <laughs> they, they can't <laughs> exactly. go away. Um, well, I mean, they don't have a ship anymore. Apparently, yeah, that too. <laughs> so, uh, um, but yeah, what about you? Was there any other notable stuff in the trailer aside from like the big thing? So, yeah, what kind of stuck out to me was that we get these, like, sequences of what appears to be inside of, of a back-to-tank. Uh, we see, like, this guy's hair. Uh, we see, like, a hand. And it slowly, over the course of the teaser trailer, backs up. And it's a cow and BB-1, um, or BD-1, looking at this figure in, like, a back-to-tank. Um, and it's unclear to me who this figure is. Um and Christian, you and I were talking before the podcast about Cal's expression on his face. He looks, to me, he looks sort of like uh, questioning, inquisitive, almost like, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. Um, you you said that he, he looks kind of worried to you. Um, what, do, yeah. what do you make of this? Like, what is who is that? <laughs> so, because of the look he had and the silver hair, first watch, I was like, "Is that Marin?" Uh, and then. On rewatches, I've noticed like it doesn't really look like her outside of the silver hair. Uh, one of my friends said it reminded him of Taryn Malikos, kind of, potentially. Yeah. 
But again, I, I sent a comparison side by side and the person in the tank didn't have the same scars as him. So again, that was just the hair. So I don't know if this is like a new character or I, I think the eyes look similar to Cameron Monaghan. Is it a clone? I don't know, dude. Like, What's yeah, going on? I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily a clone or whatever. Um, yeah, it's very strange. I really have nothing to say other than that. Like, maybe it's like I was thinking. My mind was going to. Is it like a like a Jedi from like the ancient past or something like that who was able to preserve their body or something? Like, I have no idea. That's that's kind of like where I was going with it. But we really mm. just truly have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, because the area the back the tank is in does look like it's overgrown and, like, decrepit almost, so... Right. That could be interesting. Dude, what if this is a guess, because we know the Sith are obsessed with self-preservation. What if it is an old-timey Sith Lord that was around in the High Republic that was like, my solution, Plagueis, is just a coma... And I'll be woken up one day. <laughs> like, what if it's that? And then that this is the villain of the game. Yeah, man. Or, kind of building off that, uh, what if this person is like, you know, a Sith Lord or like an ancient Jedi who is a <clears throat> survivor ah. of some sort of, some sort of, like, you know, ancient conflict or something like that. Um, it's Darth I think, Bane. I think, what's that? It's Darth Bane. Yeah, I mean, who knows, dude? It could really be anybody. Like, I think, like, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the title of the game, is definitely in reference to Cal. I think that's true. But it doesn't necessarily... That doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't have two meanings, you know? So I... Sure. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but in the middle of the trailer, we also see, like, this, you know, Sith-looking figure. Um, he looks like an... Uh, he looks like he's from Utapau. I forget the name of the... the the species but he's what the grand inquisitor is supposed to be i think it um, is a pow own or something like that yeah no yeah it starts with a p yeah uh but but he looks like a sith sort of like i don't know if he's like an inquisitor or something like that um or if he's just like you know working on his own accord however so, i do see like yeah i have no idea the uh Star Wars stuff on Twitter said that Star Wars, like the blog or something official, confirmed that that character is a Imperial Senator. So, oh. interesting stuff. Because we do see, for the reveal, like there is a bit of a buildup with the hands and stuff. But when we see the character's face reveal, they are sitting in an office which looks to be not within the Senate, but looks like it's something similar it looks like it's near the senate maybe like you would be able to see that that interior on coruscant you know yeah it does i mean like it kind of does look like there is like a coruscant-esque background to him mm -hmm. uh, while he's in the office here uh but we also see we also see cal kestis have a lightsaber battle uh with with some red blade wielding uh force sensitive person uh unclear who this is you can't see their face. Um, but yeah, Cal Kestis kind of takes a little bit of a beating in the teaser trailer. Um, what if cool that's Marin? 
Yeah, dude, maybe. That's possible. What if Marin, after Fallen Order, like, was disillusioned with everything and, like, started to use her nice sister magic for the, the Empire or something? Yeah, dude, because the five-year gap has me questioning if there's going to be, like, some pretty major character development that we missed out on, right? Because there's a line in the trailer from presumably that uh, uh, Pawan character that is something to the effect of, like, Cal Kestis, why would you lead if they refuse to follow? So, like, maybe there's a world where after Cal got knighted, he was like, maybe it's my duty to train some new jedi and maybe he tried to train Marin, and then there was a fallout i don't know i like this is all pure speculation because we really don't have much to go off of but yeah a a five-year gap you would imagine for cal he's gonna have different goals at this point in his life right yeah definitely absolutely i mean like he he just became a jedi knight at the end of the at the end of the last game that's kind of where it all you know stopped so i think it's good that they're giving it a little bit of a time jump because we do get to see some off-screen development uh mm-hmm. good or bad you know um yeah. yeah it's interesting i saw i saw someone on twitter say that they did the Udapau species better than <laughs> than uh obi-wan kenobi did and yeah uh you know kind of but mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I thought that was just like a little bit of a funny, funny jab at the whole thing. Um, but yeah, man, uh, looks really cool. Um, just excited to like get back with the character Cal Kestis. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I want to say is, do you think that we will be seeing Cameron Monaghan in like a live action TV show or something like that before this comes out? And that might help bridge the gap between the original fallen order and survivor um because i know there are rumors that uh he might be in uh andor those there was really nothing behind those other than like people speculating and just wanting it to happen Uh but it's within the same time period so it's not like it wouldn't make sense chronologically Um, yeah so doing the math this game takes place the same year as the Obi-Wan show. Mm-hmm. So do I think he's going to pop up in Obi-Wan? No, probably not, but maybe. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like it's an inevitability at this point, right? That he's going to show up somewhere else. I think it's just maybe a hesitation because they don't know when his story ends, right? Like, mm-hmm. If Respawn doesn't know when Cal Kestis is finished, whether he dies or retires or does anything like that, when the like the period at the end of his story is, if they don't know that yet, I could understand a hesitation to want on the Lucasfilm side or their side to see Cal pop up somewhere else, right? Because if Filoni is like, oh, I'd love to have Cal as a... Uh, like a, a comrade to Luke post return of the Jedi does respawn. Are they cool with that? Do they plan on like ending Cal's story in a third game? Like, I don't know, you know, do they plan on ending it in this game? They could, but that's, that's my only thing about him showing up in live action. Like it'll happen at some point. I just don't know if it'll happen before we know when his story ends. 
maybe. Yeah, true. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot to think about here. Um, yeah. Anything uh, else you want to say about this? Yeah. Yeah, so there was a press release. Two things to shout out. Uh, it has the same game director as the original game, Stig Asmussen, who was mm-hmm. also the director for God of War 3. Uh, he went to respawn to do the first game and is continuing for this one. Uh, talking directly in the press release about their partnership with Lucasfilm Games, they said they are leveraging advanced tech to create more dynamic Jedi combat and cinematic storytelling to expand on Cal's story as he matures and survives the dark times. We can't wait to share more later this year. So improved combat and skills. For me personally, that was something I would have liked to see iterated on in a sequel. Um, big from software fan and this game is going for that so i'm hoping a sequel gets closer to that standard but the first game was still good and on that front yeah i want to know i want star wars jedi survivor to be elden ring but in space exactly (laughs) no i'm just kidding Uh, but yeah looking forward to a great trailer yeah good stuff all around um moving on from that uh we talk well of course we'll be talking about star wars jedi survivor for a while i I assume Mm -hmm. um we have some news about the kotor remake uh christian you brought you brought this to my attention do you want to do you want to uh talk about this real quick so when we were on our off time it was announced that aspire the studio who does all the fun star wars ports to like the switch and the ps4 the last few years uh they are also the ones who were tapped to do the Knights of the Old Republic remake that was announced a while ago. Uh, Saber Interactive, which is a sister company, I believe, under the Embracer Group, which also purchased Aspire somewhat recently. Uh, Saber Interactive is joining up with Aspire to work on the KOTOR remake, and a representative from the Embracer Group said this, uh, quote, we're fully confident that the game is going to be fantastic, but it's a massive, massive product, and massive products require a lot of effort and a lot of time to make good. And especially when you're talking about a game already old, very old, we basically had to remake that game from scratch. Uh, and then continue talking that they would have more to say about the game in, quote, the next several months. So... Well, that's good that they're, um, you know, getting the help that they need, if that's what they need, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't doubt that this is, like, a massive undertaking, you know? Um, yeah. It's it's an old, old, old game, like they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's putting that on, like, you know, current generation consoles and have it, like, be remastered and, like, re- kind of redone in some ways. Like, that's going to take a lot of effort. I guess... Um, from this news do you have any different um forecast a different forecast as to when you think you're gonna see we're gonna see this game come out um because i i still think this is not until like 2024 2025 to be honest i think earliest is 2025 uh especially after this it it sounds like they were making good progress on a foundation but it's still a long road ahead and that's why they needed help. That's my, my guess. So, yeah, I think that's, that's a good analysis of the situation for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Um, great. Well, that's that's basically the game news. Uh, moving on into Lucasfilm news, uh, so movies and TV. Uh, we got some interesting stuff on the off-break from Kathleen Kennedy in Vanity Fair. Uh, this is this is big news for for Christian especially, uh, mm-hmm. who loves Episode Eight, uh, yeah. The Last Jedi, the Ryan Johnson trilogy that was announced like thirteen thousand years ago, uh, is not canceled. It's just on the back burner, according to Kathleen Kennedy. "Quote: Ryan has been unbelievably busy with Knives Out and the deal that he made at Netflix for multiple movies. Uh, so it looks like it's kind of just you know." on the wayside as ryan johnson continues the uh tales of benoit blanc so mm-hmm. yeah uh this is wonderful beautiful news and for those that could say it's it's never going to happen it's canceled they're just not going to say it's canceled if it was canceled people in high up positions kathleen kennedy would not keep bringing it up if it was canceled you know yeah exactly like, they'd be trying to just pretend like they forgot about it, kind of like... Was the Game of Thrones, guys, was that ever outright canceled, or was that just a report? I forget. I think that was just a report, yeah. The, yeah. the Weiss and Benioff, yeah. Yeah. She's not talking about that one. She's not giving answers about that, you know? like. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. She wouldn't say anything about it. She wouldn't say, like, oh, no, it's still happening, if it wasn't happening. Like yeah there's there's no incentive for her to do otherwise yeah so i also think it's just a mutual beneficial thing as well where we haven't had a star wars movie in a couple of years and i imagine the time off is just going to be helpful for the brand i guess just to give a bit of a break and everybody's really enjoying the tv stuff right now so it it just kind of makes sense on both fronts to keep waiting you know definitely well, moving on from that, uh, let's get to probably the top headline here for uh, Lucasfilm News. Uh, we have a release date, a confirmation of how many episodes, and a pretty kick-ass trailer for Andor. Um, for a while, Christian, I feel like we've been talking about, like, when are we going to hear about this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Star Wars Celebration came through. So we heard a little bit about Andor. Uh, it will be coming out uh, the first episode will be coming out on August 31st. It will be 12 episodes long, and we got a pretty cool trailer. Um, I don't know if you just like want to quickly like go through some of the stuff in the trailer, Christian, um, sure. because I I really liked this trailer like a lot. It it got me pretty hype. I was feeling the chills. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I really enjoyed the trailer as well. I've been pretty hyped for this show more than some of the others honestly just because i think the potential here is so ripe that like you can smell it it's like it's it's a juicy amazing potential for a star wars series because it's tapping into something that we really don't have much of which was my favorite part of Rogue One, which is the shadier side of the Rebellion, and I really love that the trailer highlights that. Absolutely. Um, And I feel like we are... We don't have that much stuff about, like, the interim period between episodes three and four, right? Mm -hmm. And this takes place, 
would they say like five or ten years before Rogue One, right? So, um, just getting more about that time period, fleshing out like the rule of the Empire, um, is is always something that interests me. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing that with Rogue One, <clears throat> seeing that with Solo, Re- the Rebels TV show, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, very interesting for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, we start off with a person in like a bell tower, like banging a drum. Uh, very interesting looking alien guy. Uh, I don't know. Weird. But uh, yeah, he keeps banging this drum in a bell tower and it cuts to the Lucasfilm logo. Uh, after that, we see some sort of uh, tribe uh, in, in the woods. Uh, they look like they're not very technologically advanced. I don't know exactly where this is, but they're watching a ship. Uh, I don't know if it's Empire or um, Rebellion or, you know, if it has an allegiance one way or another, kind of like falling out of the sky in flames and they're watching that happen. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Um, I also think that's a really cool visual. Uh, Yeah, it's new, you know, like it feels new for Star Wars. Definitely, definitely. Uh, moving from that, we get a sort of like Bracca-looking scrapyard, almost, mm-hmm. uh, with a red droid just like cruising around uh, between all the scrap. Cut to uh, like a white laboratory with like a bunch of people in white, what seems to be like lab coats, maybe? I don't even know. Um, but they're working on something in the lab. Looks very clean in there. Uh, probably empire related uh, we get back to the uh, tribe looking people um, and you know what I noticed it looks like their their weapons like aren't blasters they look like kind of like modern weapons almost did you notice that yeah I I have it paused right now it does sort of look like a more like, like it looks like a halo br kind of you know like you could definitely maybe put that in a call of duty game and i wouldn't blink at it you know yeah like there's a there's a close-up of like two seemingly like assault rifles i guess like on a table and it looks like they have like magazines um yeah yeah it's kind of weird because like we've never seen traditional like ballistic weapons that like that we use in real life like on Mm -hmm. in star wars it's always been like energy bolts and stuff yeah which i think again is cool if it's like because there's this idea and theme throughout the whole trailer that like this is the the rising storm of the rebellion so if we if we see like a ground level approach of just normal people using what they can to fight the empire i think that's kind of what the trailer is setting up with all these shots in the first half right because like right after that there's also uh a man who is like as an alarm system is just like clanging metal together which is again similar to the beginning of the trailer so yeah like they're using what they can as like means to stay safe and have this like festering rebellion movement in their society which i think is cool and then uh a little bit after that as well going back to the uh Braca planet looking place 
blue collar construction people in like literal hard hats. So I really think that it's touching on something that a new hope does really well, right? Where you have the perspective of just a farmer farm boy against the world, uh, sort of touching back to the normal person in the galaxy what's their view on everything and i think that's mm -hmm. a cool way to set the tone for this show definitely it seems very grounded in that aspect um, mm -hmm. uh, and even from the uh description that star wars lucasfilm gives us they say um you know the andor series will explore a new perspective from the star wars galaxy focusing on cassian andor's journey to discover the difference he can make the series brings forward the tale of, of the burgeoning rebellion against the Empire and how people and planets became involved. It's an era filled with danger, deception, and intrigue where Cassian will embark on the path that is destined to turn him into a rebel hero. Um, so yeah, I guess maybe we're going to be seeing a lot of like early rebellion, like getting planets on board, people on board, you know, oppressed mm -hmm. people to, to join, you know. So that, that does seem like that's the sort of direction that we're going with this for sure. Yeah, man. I think from everything we've talked about so far and those words, I think that for me, this could do for me what people say Rogue One does for them, honestly. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I'm a huge Rogue One fan. I, I think mm -hmm. it flushes out a lot of stuff. Um, and this sort of just, like, looks like an extension of that almost. Uh, Definitely. Um, so yeah, we see we see those people put down their guns. We see a guy using some sort of primitive alarm system as what appears what looks like LAT gunships, um, like clone gunships, flying towards a city. Yeah. But like they look a little bit newer and like more uh, Empire, I would say. Yeah, you um, nailed it. A lot more angular, ang angular. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but they do definitely like evoke uh, the the clone gunship. Mm -hmm. um moving on from that see people in some sort of wreckage uh we see the guy in the tower banging the metal we see people closing up shop shop uh in this in this place uh cut to a woman kind of just like seeming pretty dejected on the street as in the background a bunch of stormtroopers walk by her um might i add that the music is great um, oh yeah I, like there was like some sort of like throat singing happening and like it, it was it was it was hype it was hype um we see these like you know security looking guys maybe they're empire maybe they're like on the planet um they, they have like these what is yeah who are these guys so first blush i was like those dudes aren't empire like they got the hats but there is it's like a navy-ish like charcoal uniform with a lot of orange in it and my gut is telling me that they're like those construction workers it's like they are the in, like inspectors for osha or something i don't know <laughs> like oh okay they, so like maybe they're like the foreman or something or yeah like... they look like they're gonna write up uh whoever's in charge for like bad safety practices or something i don't know <laughs> they're the star wars osha yeah so yeah. the star wars osha shows up at this dude's house <laughs> mm -hmm. 
uh, and open the door. They kind of look cool, though. I have to say, um, they look they look like the bad guys, though. Um, yeah. And after that, we get a nice little we get we get the first peek at Mr. Cassian Andor himself, Diego Luna, uh, t- peeking around a corner. He looks just like he did in Rogue One, maybe even better. Um, and boy, do we love him so much. Mm-hmm. So um, follow. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say in that shot where in the thing he's looking at, I don't know if it that is the shot or if it's later in the trailer, but somebody said that I think it's the shot actually I just scrubbed. I think those are clone troopers, not stormtroopers. So I think that comes later. I okay, think, maybe it's later. I think what he's later. yeah. I think what he's looking at right now, those are stormtroopers. Um, I was watching a breakdown of it, and I think it, I think the clone troopers come up in a different shot. Not to okay. burst your bubble, but okay, okay. Um, so yeah, he's looking at that, and right after that, we get uh, the first line of dialogue. I think from the trailer, it's Cassian Andor saying they're so proud of themselves. And it's a group of uh, imperial, high-ranking imperial imperials in a very cool uh, white circular room, and they're all wearing like white um, white uniforms. Um, they're sit- sitting around, kind of like the um, the scene in in A New Hope where uh, all of the moths and stuff are like talking to each other. You know what I'm talking about uh, on the Death mm-hmm. Star. That's kind of like that's kind of the vibe that this is giving me giving off yeah i get that also reminds me of a uh, krennic's coruscant party in rogue one ah yeah yep very true very true uh we get a close-up of what's i don't know i don't know it seems like the main guy in the room yeah not um, krennic krennic for the show basically yes the not krennic krennic um, it's like so yeah my guess for that guy is like you know how um because in revenge of the sith it's like oh anakin is just meeting grievous and it's like oh so that's why ventress was invented so he could have somebody to fight uh in in the clone Wars show this guy is that but for krennic because as far as we know i think cassian only meets krennic in rogue one so yeah as far as as far as we know yeah I guess there's a possibility that Krennic could show up, right? Like, he's alive. Yeah, I uh, bet he does at some point, but... Yeah. Anyways, moving on from that, we get another voice line from uh, Cassian Andor. He says, so fat and satisfied, as two Imperial officers, like, drink from a travel mug, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> on the on the bridge of some Imperial ship, which is pretty funny. I thought that was funny. Um, then we get a shot of some woman running down the street. Really not much to say there. <laughs> um, I don't know who that actress is, to be honest. Yeah, me either. Uh, then we get right back to the guy banging the uh, banging the alarm in the in in the bell tower, and now we are finally on what appears to be Coruscant, where we see a bunch of elevators, kind of. Uh, come down it's like from a shot from the bottom and it's a very interesting shot um quickly followed up by an imperial officer uh with two death troopers behind her disembarking um, a ship uh as mon mothma says 
They're Everywhere, who's played by Genevieve O'Reilly. And honestly, she looks great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's very cool to see Mon Mothma back and presumably having a major role to play in the show, considering right. Cassian is like one of her guys, you know, out in the field. Yep. Uh, so we see that that uh, female Imperial officer walking off. Um, and then we finally get we get a uh, shot of a ship landing in a in a landing dock on Coruscant. Um, it's very pre. It really gave me prequel vibes, to be honest. Like, yeah. Um, as Mon Mothma is put into the um, into this uh, ship, not by force. She's she's just you know taking a trip, and she says they're watching me now. We see her at some sort of swanky party. We see again these, uh, you know, uh, you know th- these villagers with like different weapons that we were talking about earlier. Um, and then we see Stellan Skarsgård uh, looking out on over what appears to be kind of like a mining facility or something. Um, his character's name is Luthen, and he says, "Soon enough, these days will end." I just really like Stellan Skarsgård, but I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, I think this is probably going to be another touchstone for Cassian just to have, like, uh, tabs on the everyday people, right? Like, I could yeah. see him be some kind of farmer or, like, construction dude or, like, just somebody who's the everyday citizen of the galaxy affected by the Empire and... You know, just sort of have that relationship and focal point as, like, a representative for that group for the show. Yep. wonder if they're mining for kyber crystals. Ooh. Spice. No, that's illegal. Spice. Um, then we get, we see, like, some uh, hexagon in the water. I don't know what this is. Uh, multiple hexagons hexagon structures in water um yeah i'm not really sure what this is uh but then we see another shot of an imperial officer walking off of a ship um we see a long liminal space imperial hallway uh that like turns red um luthan says there will be no rules going forward the next shot after that we see a bunch of people walking in like these tubes. It kind of gives me like clone vibes from Camino, except I don't think this is Camino, um, and I don't think these people are clones either. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I, I see what you're saying. Definitely, just like the the tube walkways, very evocative of that. Yep. Um, we see. Uh, I'm not sure who this actor is, uh, but he's looking at a hologram of uh, Cassian Andor, presumably because Cassian Andor is being hunted by the Empire or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we get more people banging, um, you know, alarms. We get a nice shot of Mon Mothma's Mon Mothma talking to the Imperial Senate. Yeah, we do. That was so cool. When I saw that, I flipped In- out. Yeah, in the Senate room with all the floaty floaty pieces, you know. Yeah, I know we get some stuff in the Clone Wars of the Senate room, the Senate chamber, excuse me, but 
man, if we get substantial Senate content again, I'm going to I'm going to freak out Cause just because it's like it's such a vibe that room, like the sound they do there, everything about it. It's just so cool. Like, I hope we get to see the Senate building as there are man, dude, 40, 50 year old Star Wars fans are rolling in their graves right now. hearing me say this like I want to hear the politics on Coruscant in this era. Let me hear it. Yeah. No, legit. Like, I really do. <laughs> Right, um, like I would, it's so cool. Yeah. The prequels, do it again. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody loved it in the prequels. Yeah, do it again. Um, I I was reading like, do you think that we might see like Emperor Palpatine making a speech to the Senate or something like that? Like, you know, who knows? I think there's a chance because I I mean this, I think this can fit in here because there's really no other place to talk about it but uh Ian McDermott was asked at um celebration it's like hey would you show up in one of these shows and he I think he basically just said no comment or something so oh, he's hiding something yeah but I mean like there's plenty of reason for him to show up in either Obi-Wan or Andor as a little senate appearance so I don't know yeah, it's very possible. I got really hyped with this shot, though. It's unmistakably the Senate Chambers. Yeah, super cool. Uh, we see Marva. Uh, or we hear Marva. I don't know who that is saying. People are standing up as we see some people just, like, walking. And uh, this is where the clone troopers are, actually. Um, with, like, the third or fourth person who's walking, it's basically just, like, a shot from their back so all you see is their back um in front of them are like some clone troopers which is interesting why are there clone troopers wearing clone trooper armor i don't know yeah like is there a chance that bad batch style they were just they, they defected or is this just people who found clone armor that's possible you know like yeah if as we might talk about later clones can still exist and thrive well into this era uh who's to say that they didn't just keep the armor on i don't know i feel like that'd be kind of stupid for a clone to keep the armor at this point right yeah and also the armor looks like brand new yeah so maybe it's people Maybe it's cosplayers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, in-universe cosplayers. Yeah, that's uh, ROTC kids in the Star Wars universe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, we see another shot of, honestly, who looks, someone who looks like Jyn Erso. Um, but is not Jyn Erso. Wow. More action shots. And uh, we finally get Cassian and Andor seemingly jumping into a TIE fighter that's docked as um, the planet that they're on has, like, some sort of green tinge. I was thinking, like, is this, like, the Death Star? But then I realized that probably not, because the first time we saw the Death Star, um, you know, test itself was in Rogue One. But I right. don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think, obviously, with the way it's shot and the color palette of everything, big Rogue One vibes. So, uh, hard to not draw a million comparisons to it, but 
visually i think it looks really great and i'm with you like just the way they're implementing familiar feeling design stuff like what we started with with the the gunships and then like this sort of question of like what kind of imperial thing is this is uh it's cool because it's doing something that again we really have only seen rogue one do and as we were talking about with uh, jedi survivor like we're starting to see more things explore this transitional period so i think it's cool i really like this exploration of this era because while it's great seeing post return of the jedi stuff i do think exploring the height of the empire through the tv shows and stuff is like severely untapped and very interesting so i like it it's agreed cool. Agreed. Um, and then we see the character who I assume is Marva saying, people are standing up. That's what a reckoning sounds like. And then we get the title card. New so, logo. New logo, yeah. What do you think about this logo? I was a little confused by it, to be honest, for a second. I... I don't know, because I didn't think, like, the other logo was incredible, but I thought having the Rebellion's sigil as the O in Andor's name was like, oh, that's that's cool. It kind of conveys what the show's about. This is... This, honestly, this kind of looks like the Acolyte font, <laughs> if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't think it's bad. It's just I was surprised they changed it, I think. Yeah, I was surprised, too. Um, well, I mean, we don't watch the show for the logo. So, no. but Rogue One super fan, what do you think of this? Do you think that it has potential to be the best show so far? Like, what are your impressions off this trailer? I mean, it's kind of looking like that. Uh, yeah. To me, like this trailer, it, it almost feels like it's a trailer for a movie. I don't know if sure. you got that vibe too. Mm -hmm. um, it just feels different than anything else we've really seen. Um, and as somebody who also thinks that there is like a a lack of exploration of this time. I think that having a series like this will give it a lot of space to breathe. And I think we can get some pretty interesting, some pretty interesting uh, Star Wars content out of this. Um, I'm kind of hoping that there's just like a mix of like political intrigue mm. and, you know, action. And it seems like that's kind of what we're going to get. Um, mm -hmm. And to be honest, like as a child of the prequels, I don't mind it when they talk about politics in Star Wars. Yeah, uh, I so. think it's very interesting. Because, like, especially when we started the sequel trilogy, uh, and even we ended up doing this in Mando as well, like, we go so hard on the Jedi stuff. And while the Jedi stuff, I do think, is what makes Star Wars Star Wars, I think there's always room to explore more about the blaster people and the talky people. You know, we don't really d dive into them much outside of books. Um, so, yeah, I am really on board for this. I think it has potential to be, like, the best of everything. Uh, I, I really have high hopes for it. I do, too. Um, now that Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming out as we speak, I think this is probably the thing I'm most anticipated for. I'm most oh, anticipating. Absolutely. Yeah, I think even before Obi-Wan came out, we had a conversation that was like, 
nostalgia aside, I'm way more curious to see what Andor is about, you know, rather than just mm-hmm. like loving Obi-Wan, wanting to see more of Obi-Wan. Like this feels like it could be really exciting. And 12 episodes, they're premiering two on the first day. That's going to be 11 weeks of Cassian. They're premiering two on the first day? Yes, two on the first day. Hey, good for them. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, not really much more to say from me about Andor. Anything you want to say, Christian, before we move on? Um, I'm just really excited about this. Um, It looks really great. I'm happy we're seeing something from it. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Cassian Andor. I love Mon Mothma, too. So let's get it. Yeah, Cassian is like top three favorite characters of the new era for me. Um, And like far and away my favorite part of Rogue One and everything he stands for in that movie. Like I really, really love. Um, So yeah, the fact that he is getting this supposedly three season show to explore that aspect of his character and this period of time is super exciting and i'm glad it looks that good so me too yeah well uh before we continue um, there was something that came out that broke still on the game front out of celebration yeah uh speaking of aspire knights of the old republic 2 has been announced to be coming to the nintendo switch is 15 dollars and releasing on uh june 8th of 2022 so both games are on there now and there's gonna be a 30 dollar double pack if you have not bought the first game yet um did you buy the first game christian i did uh i bought it for my flight to galaxy's edge and i played about an hour of it and then when i came back i played another two i'm still on the first planet but uh i'll pop in every time i'm feeling star wars you know because i i did what a full playthrough like a year ago basically so yeah. not itching but it's very, it's a very good version of kotor i think and i like popping into it and knowing i can revisit it whenever i want do you think you're gonna get the uh, uh this version the kotor 2 i'm thinking about it i know that there's like a history with this game of like it was kind of unfinished and then there's a pc mod that restores the unfinished stuff so i might just play it on pc when i get around to it but the portability is very nice you know yeah, I, I this is not one that I've ever played personally, so oh, okay, I might, I might, I might do it if it's coming to Switch. It seems just like easy. Yeah, I, I think it's always great to see more of the Star Wars games get added to the Switch. Oh, definitely, yeah, for sure. Um, so moving back to some Lucasfilm news, we have um an, a brand new TV show. I honestly didn't see this coming. Um, it's called Skeleton Crew. It's got a pretty cool logo, I think. Uh, this is coming out in 2023. John Watts is behind it, who did the Spider, the new Spider-Man movies. Um, and it's featuring Jude Law. It's post-Return of the Jedi. And it's the uh, Stranger Things style show that we've talked about in the past. Um, and some, some details that we got from Star Wars Celebration is that this is going to be featuring an ensemble cast of kids basically um getting lost in the galaxy but it's kind of but because it's like a stranger things type type thing um it's going to be seemingly a little bit 
creepier, maybe leaning into horror a bit. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what this is. I think that based on like what I know of this and based on what I know of the other things that are coming out, I don't know if this is like on the top of my list of things that I'm like super excited about, but it's, it's definitely interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Stranger Things. I love the vibe. I love that it's going for like the classic Spielberg Amblin stuff. Um, so hearing the idea for this show, I thought was like had promise. It was just a matter of how they approached it. Because I think one of the benefits of Stranger Things is that uh, the kids are like, they swear like sailors. They're actually like actual kids. Uh, they're not... Um, like Nickelodeon kids, you know? So yeah. hearing that this is the direction they're taking, and I think when Homecoming was made, the first of the Spider-Man movies, most of the cast was still pretty young, so I think John Watts can handle uh, a young cast well and, like, bring out their strengths as actors. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I And next year, looking like a, a good year for Star Wars. Um and I think for those that are familiar with Stranger Things, I would assume that the comparison is like Jude Law is like the David Harbour uh, police chief Jim Hopper sort of role of like, he's got a plot line. Maybe he's looking for the kids that are lost in the galaxy and following up on things. And then the kids have their own little world and their view on everything, which... Uh, seems like it's a a concept made for this universe honestly agreed yeah um so. i'm interested to see what it is honestly like i was hoping that we'd get some more information about the uh, acolyte show yeah um but you know it will it will come in time i guess celebration's not done yet mike we got another show announced by the time we started talking for this recording so yeah, that's true. Um, well, uh, moving on from Skeleton Crew, unless there's anything else you want to say about that, I'm just excited to hear more about it, see more about it. So. Same. We got another show coming out in 2023, Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. It's a series that will follow younglings in training during the High Republic era. Coming to Disney+, Plus, of course, spring 2023. Um, is this animated, do we know? Uh, it must be right i the logo looks like it's animated i don't know if you've seen the announcement for this um no. i'm on the star wars stuff at star wars stuff twitter and there's a logo looks very uh young focused i guess it's it's, it's young links it's young jedi adventures but um in the comments, somebody said is it animated, and somebody else replied yes. I haven't seen like an official word on that, but I yeah, it makes sense that this would be an animated show. Well, I think that could be really interesting, though. Yeah, uh, not the animated show I was expecting to hear about out of Celebration because there is still the anthology series, right? Um, Tales of the Jedi that we don't know much about other than its title, so. Yeah, curious, and it's coming out very soon, so interested yeah. to see the direction. I think because it's also coming out pretty soon, that's an indication that it's animated. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, 
in addition, I think higher public, higher public, I feel like is going to have a larger fanfare for when it gets its first, like live action debut, which is the accolade as far as we know right now. So yeah, I, cause I think there's also been like little animated and I don't mean like full blown animated things, maybe just like motion graphics of some higher public stories on like the YouTube channels. So Okay. Makes sense. Definitely. Uh, so we can look forward, um, moving on from that, we can also look forward to a Star Wars film in 2023. Maybe. Potentially. Uh, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is the Taika Waititi film um, that we literally know nothing about. Um, except for the fact that, according to Kathleen Kennedy, they're aiming for the end of 2023 to release this but nothing set in stone she says so what do you think we're gonna see this next year or i don't what, know dude what? i really don't know because that's like what december 2023 from now that's we're in june let's that's an 18 month window they haven't even started shooting this thing i don't know how much pre-production is done like, I guess maybe Star Wars films could have a faster turnaround at this point if they start using the volume for the film sets. Uh, because clearly it's something they enjoy doing, right? And as we'll talk about with Kenobi, I think it looks really good still. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe if they can design in Unreal Engine the sets for the volume for this Taika project, we could see it then, you know, because if Obi-Wan was shot, I know COVID sort of got in the way of things, but some of these shows, right? Like they go into production and then they come out so soon, right? Yeah. And I think that's because of the volume stagecraft stuff, at least on the Star Wars front. Um, so yeah, if they can translate that to the film side talking through this then yeah maybe it can come out next year what do you think i mean i think that that's a stretch to be honest like even with the volume and everything mm -hmm. um like taika watiti is a pretty busy guy um i feel like it'll be hard to like lock him down but you know what like then again like you don't go out there and say that type of thing if you're not like at least a little bit confident that it could happen right so yeah i, I don't know i wouldn't be surprised if it gets delayed um but i hope it does come out next year that'd be sick yeah i am curious to hear anything about this i have no idea what it is outside of the fact that i know what type of stuff taika does so right yeah that's that's basically all we know um moving on from that we have some mando season three news this is um according to dave filoni and john favreau mandalorian season three is coming out february 2023 they've already wrapped shooting on this um so it's in post-production now uh there was a teaser uh at star wars celebration though for mando season three um and it, it was leaked online they haven't released it in its high quality version yet um, i don't know if they really will ever um i hope they do but 
uh, Christian and I both managed to see it. Um, I think you probably had a little bit of a better viewing experience than I did because I had to watch it on TikTok by the time <laughs> that I got around to it. Um, I don't remember this de- like frame by frame, but um, from what I do remember, uh, spoilers for Mando season three for the next like ten minutes, probably uh, if you don't want to hear that. Um, we get we get Ma- uh, the Mandalorian. Uh, and baby Yoda Grogu, if you will, um, basically saying that he's going to go to Mandalore and try to become a Mandalorian again, which is, you know, pretty predictable after Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, uh, I think that this is kind of what we all expected the direction to be. Uh, we get to see a bit of the armorer and Din have an exchange about like absolving himself of his sins and going back to Mandalore. Uh, I think the thing that stood out the most was at one point in the trailer, we get to see Bo-Katan on a throne. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like the Mandalore throne from Rebels. Uh, also, I don't think she's the ruler right now as far as the Darksaber is concerned. Um, but yeah, interesting to see her and I'm very curious to explore the relationship that she has with Din when we get to see the show actually, because I think it was also very fun at the end of the trailer. She's talking to Grogu and she said, Oh, did you think your dad was the only Mandalorian? So yeah, Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound hostile, but I am very curious what she thinks of this whole situation. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's very interesting. Um, I'm just excited to like. I want to. I want a high quality version of that. The the way that I watched it, like the last half of it, I could only see like the top half of the frame, just as to how it was shot. I couldn't find a better version. So. Yeah, I couldn't either. Interesting stuff though, and um, yeah, we got some Ahsoka news as well. That's coming in 2023 after Mando. So if Mando's coming in February 2023, so anytime after that. We knew that it was coming out in 2023, we just didn't know when. So it's not going to be some simultaneous or very close release, but um, good to know that that's still chugging along. Then we also have a new Lego Star Wars uh, special for Disney Plus called Summer Vacation. It's coming out on August 5th, only on Disney Plus. Um, they released they released a pretty funny poster for it. Uh, it's like a Death Star beach ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, what looks like Finn in the background, like making a, uh, yeah, I think that's Finn making a, um, a sand castle, but it's Vader's castle. Yeah. Which is pretty, which is pretty funny. I think also in the background, it looks like Darth Vader wearing perhaps a sombrero that is adorned with porgs as he's holding a surfboard. Is that right? Yep. Yep. That looks right. Uh, and I can't tell who's all the way in the background. Uh, they got a hood up. Maybe it's Kylo Ren. I don't know. Not sure, but they're on some sort of like twin sun planet though. Oh, true. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, I am astonished that we've explored more things with sequel characters in these Lego shorts than anything else since 
the sequels have ended. I agree. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. I, I hopefully, we get something. Something with those characters is a little bit more substantial than the Lego Star Wars thing. Yeah. Um, but I do get I do get a kick out of the Lego Star Wars shorts though. I think yeah, they're, they're good for a watch. I, I liked the two, the uh, the holiday, a Christmas special, and the um, the Halloween one. I liked the Halloween one more. I think out of the two. Same. Same. So. Yeah, fun. All right. Well, I think that's that's the rundown of all like the major news. Um, we decided not to talk about like merch or stuff like that because we could probably do the whole episode to that. Yeah. Um, but you know, as always, you got some like cool new, uh, got some cool new action figures, books, stuff like that. So Lego sets, a lot of Lego sets. Uh, I do want to shout out the BD One Lego set. That's pretty sick. Yeah, I kind of want that. It's one of the, like the nice black box Lego sets. Uh, it's a hundred bucks up for pre order right now. I'm thinking about it, Mike. <laughs> you gonna pull trig? I might. It's like a foot tall. I might have to do it. That's cute, though. Like that would be sick. To have that. Yeah, big time. Um. So why don't we get into the, the real meat and potatoes of today's episode, the Obi Wan Kenobi freaking TV show, man. It's here. It is. And we here. watched the first. We watched the first two episodes. Um. So. But, yeah. Where to begin? I was planning on waking up early in the day and I, I've been doing a rewatch of Stranger Things because season four comes out today also. Uh, mm. And I was like, okay, I finished season two last night around like 1050 and I was like, okay, I'll go get a snack and then I'll start season three. I'll watch a couple episodes and then I'll wake up in the morning and watch Kenobi. And then 10 minutes later... <laughs> Through Twitter, surprise, Kenobi's debuting at midnight East Coast. Uh, so I had to, I haven't started Stranger Things season three still yet, so I got a whole season to watch before the new stuff. But I did watch two episodes of Kenobi last night, as did you, and it was glorious. It was glorious. Um, I'm, I'm honestly not sure where to even begin. Um, I think maybe we should just start off giving our high level opinions on this and then just shout out some moments that we thought were interesting. Sure. Um, so I, I think this is a really interesting view into Obi-Wan's life uh, in this interim period between episodes three and episodes four. Um, he's definitely dealing with all of the guilt associated with like, oh, like, you know, the Jedi fell because of your hubris and you couldn't save your apprentice that you loved. And like, basically like everything went to shit more or less because of you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting to see him sort of like juggle that, um, and sort of like deal with that. Um, and, and once he comes, once he's offered with that, pro- with that proposition that, that ask to go save Leia Organa, a young Leia Organa, from kidnappers. 
he's like hesitant to do so at first, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and I just really love to see him like sort of like come back into his own and sort of like relearn what it's what it means to be like a Jedi, what it means to like be a hero. Um, all the while he's getting, you know, hunted by Reva, who I think is a really interesting character as well. Mm -hmm. um, she's definitely really annoying, but I think she's written to be that way. Um, and it's just cool to see like her, she's just ruthless and I love it. It's like what an inquisitor should be. Yeah. I, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't have a ton of familiarity with, uh, the inquisitors outside of what I've seen from rebels. Right. Uh, which it, as far as the inquisitors are, is not much. Um, but yeah, Reva was like a standout for me, honestly, because I, I like her as a villain more than any of the other Inquisitors, where I know there's one character I don't think he's had any dialogue so far, and then the fifth brother is fine. Grand Inquisitor, I don't particularly care for. I think he's, like, fine, but he, it just feels like he's kind of... I, I put him below Ventress in, like, enemy characters that I care about, I guess. Um, just because he, he doesn't seem that compelling to me. But I think they plant seeds with Reva in this to make it seem like there's more going on in the background. I have maybe a feeling that, similar to Trilla, she may just be a scorned Padawan that maybe was, like screwed over by something obi-wan did inadvertently i don't know but the vendetta she has against him i think is very interesting and one of the more surprising threads of the first two episodes that i'm curious to see continue on throughout the rest of the season yeah i, I agree man because i think at on surface level it's like reva wants to capture obi-wan to basically court favor with vader right mm -hmm. but it does feel like there's a little bit more to that like she's taking it really personal and i'm not sure mm -hmm. if that's whether like she's been brainwashed to the fact that like she knows that vader's anakin skywalker you know so that, that's one thing. yeah that's another thing that yeah. that tells me that like maybe she had like either a friendship with Anakin or like she looked up to him in the temple or something like that, that I'm really yep. interested to see like explored because like as a youngling, if she idolized Anakin Skywalker and then heard that um, he either survived or was killed by Obi-Wan, I would understand like if you learned that as a kid, you're going to like fixate on that. And then as she grows yeah. to be this Inquisitor, like, that is her driving goal. So, out of all the villains, I I think that she has a very compelling mystery behind her. And I really like her in these first two episodes. Definitely. I also think the actress, uh, Moses Ingram, is Killing awesome. it. Yeah. Phenomenal. Like, like, there's so much conviction behind every single line that she says. She's, like, so visibly, like, angry. And it's, like... Unhinged. It's just per... Yeah, absolutely unhinged. And it, it totally works. And it's, like, so yeah. good. It's exactly yeah. what you'd think that type of character would be. Um, yeah, dude, because I feel like 
with some of the Star Wars projects we've had recently, like so many of the villains just feel like they fall into either Kylo Ren, which is just Vader copy, you know, copy paste kind of, yeah. or like the stuffy villain that's like, oh, I'm above you, you know? Right. And she has like that passion of the Sith behind her that I feel like outside of maybe Maul in Clone Wars, we don't really see much of. So I'm really into it. Yeah. Yeah. She's like really tapping into her anger and honestly her fear, I think. Sure. Um, she's, she's quite the compelling character. I have to say they did. They've so far done a pretty good job with that. Um, did you notice uh, that the Jedi that they are hunting in the beginning on Tatooine, that's Benny Safdie? Are you familiar with him? I am. I didn't realize it was him until credits, but I remember he was cast in the show, and I didn't recognize him in the bar scene, but I could tell that I was like, that person's the Jedi <laughs> before they did the yeah. reveal. I was like, it's him. That's That's the Jedi. Yeah, no, totally. I I just really like Benny Safdie. He was in um he, he had a role in, in Licorice Pizza too, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, and of course him and his brother made Uncut Gems, which is like one of my favorite movies. Um Yeah. But yeah, I just think that was pretty cool. Um But yeah, what do you think about Obi Wan at this point in time? So he's like basically working, uh cutting up meat, it seems, from like mm-hmm. a crate dragon looking creature in the desert. And that's like his job and he just like does that every day and it's pretty boring and he's basically like i don't want to say cut himself off from the force but he's not as he's not as in tune as he once was let's just say that yeah i think it's interesting i think it's it feels completely in character from the obi-wan we knew and the obi-wan we know is coming um I was a a little concerned that we maybe wouldn't like fully go there. And I don't think we have yet, but just seeing him presumably living this rote life, the same thing every day and having these nightmares and specifically the scene where he wakes up from the nightmare and calls out to Qui-Gon. I, I think they're setting it up to have a really uh, satisfying conclusion where my expectation is that throughout this season, uh, Obi-Wan is going to just have to like confront what he did with his own personal feelings about his friend. Um, because we know Ben in A New Hope is like, Anakin died. Like, he's gone. Vader killed him, you know? So maybe that's... Yeah, he's like, he's like come to peace with that. Yeah, like maybe that's the truth that obi-wan right now has to accept like maybe that's his view of everything to have for how he can process it you know because i think you can still have character growth for obi-wan in this series and still acknowledge that ben in a new hope and the original trilogy is a flawed character and was wrong you know so I'm looking forward to seeing that explored. I think him coming to terms with that is going to have a nice bow where in the end we finally get Qui-Gon visiting him, you know, because he came to terms with his baggage, he moved on, and he accepted everything. I think that's how they're positioning that right now. Yeah, that that whole scene where he was having, like, 
the nightmare, like the PTSD almost, like in his sleep. And then waking up and like calling out to Qui-Gon being like really sad about it afterwards. Like it really tugged on the heartstrings, to be honest. Like that's like the only he, he just he's just haunted every single night by like what happened and like what he wasn't able to stop. And like the people mm-hmm. that he loved and cared about, like who died and stuff. So Yeah, so I think picking up with him in that space where, like you said, it's maybe not fully cut off, but hiding it, um, just him accepting the force back or who he is and what he did, I think is off to a good start to make me satisfied with the story we'll be telling with him, where I know you and I plenty of times leading up to the show were like, but what's the reason? Is it going to feel like warranted enough? And I think so far they have set it up to feel that way, personally, at least. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? I totally agree. I think that it has been uh, warranted. Uh, but before we get into why he, he, he leaves, I mentioned it earlier, but um, there's a lot of conflict between Ben Kenobi and uh, Uncle Owen. And I think that their relationship is really interesting to watch. Um, for one thing, Joel Edgerton is just like a great actor. Um, yeah. And watching him act alongside Ewan McGregor, it's like two, two like, it's like a masterclass in acting. Um, and they're so good at it. And I just really love the conversation that Uncle Owen has with Obi-Wan. And he's like, Obi-Wan basically says something to the effect of like, is, is Luke okay? And... Uncle Owen's like, you don't care if he's okay, you care if he's showing. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Which I thought was really interesting, obviously referring to, like, he's showing signs of, like, being able to use the Force. And Ewan, uh, sorry, Obi-Wan gets a little bit upset at that, and he says, like, I told you, like, when the time comes, like, he must be trained. And uh, Uncle Owen's saying, like, like, you trained his father. Um, We saw that that was kind of like going all around the place before yeah. the show came out, but like sick burn, it was, bro. It, it was a sick burn. And honestly, like it, it, it still works. I've seen it before, but it still works. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked that dynamic and I imagine we probably won't see any more of Owen for the rest of the show, like maybe in the final episode or something, but, um, yeah, I really did like their back and forth they had. Uh, and I think it really positioned Obi-Wan to be more of that, um, have the reputation from A New Hope in his introduction, right? Like, oh, crazy old Ben. Um, like, you definitely get to see that fleshed out there. But uh, I, I wonder for you, was there any moment in the first episode that like obviously nostalgia that play there's a lot of characters that we really love was there anything that felt very emotional to you because the closest i got to feeling tears was seeing him dig up the lightsaber and it was his and anakin's and i think just like the conversation we were having before about just suppressing the force not being able to connect to Qui-Gon and 
just not really accepting that he did that to his brother uh burying both lightsabers together i think is just a really cool um symbol for where he was and now where he's gonna be going i, I really liked that a lot yeah i think that's definitely true um very heavy on the symbolism there um but i think it yeah. works um i would say that 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 definitely left a, an impact on me uh in this first episode i really do think that him having like those nightmares then waking up and calling out to his master and he's not there like really almost brought me to tears to be honest like it was pretty great acting there um but I do want to talk a little bit about like the main motivating factor behind why Obi-Wan gets out of exile. Um, the Inquisitors, uh, Reva is like obsessed with, um, you know, trying to find Obi-Wan, bring him to Vader for whatever reason yet to be determined, I guess. Um, her own personal motivation rather. And we get uh, a cut to Alderaan and we see um, a little young Leia. Like, you know, how old is she? Probably like eight? like seven or eight like i think she says 10 maybe yeah, in episode like, two but yeah but still young like she's mm -hmm. she's a young girl um sort of dealing with being a princess uh we get to see breha organa come back we see bale organa come back my man jimmy jimmy smiths makes it makes a return love it he's awesome yeah um great to see him i did have a very tiny tiny thing that i'm wondering if you saw also uh that scene where he visits obi-wan did it look like he was reading his lines off of something <laughs> i didn't notice it okay pers personally okay i that may be because like it was kind of late and i wasn't picking up on these things yeah i'm planning on honestly watching them again today mm -hmm. um yeah so i don't i didn't see that you got that vibe though that was the only time to be fair so maybe it wasn't but uh it, it did feel like he was reading something just the, like his eye movement but he could have just been looking like sideways at obi-wan i don't know but um yeah uh young leia we knew she'd be in the show uh, I looked up actress name. I have to shout out Vivian Lyra Blair. She crushed it as a young Princess Leia. Crushed it. Totally. Obliterated it. Yeah. She, her, she, like, she was the laser to Alderaan. Like, she's crushing this. Like, I, I'm shocked, Mike, that I see, like, the Carrie Fisher a new hope mannerisms in this child i'm so impressed oh i'm so so impressed uh she was great like really really great um i and, and just like not even the mannerisms but like the cadence of her voice and like the yeah, way that she talked like it was just it was all there and i was like oh like i'm right now i'm watching a young leia organa like that's totally believable to me like you got me hook line and sinker you know yeah i'm and stunned because I, I don't know how old the actress is like she seems very very young like probably younger than 10 but she is i'm so impressed by the range even just like replicating another performance like that is so impressive to me yeah no i i, I, I think in, in some ways she kind of 
puts her own spin onto it because you know this is yeah. Leia at a different time of her of her life. Okay. She's a kid. Um, I I really enjoyed. What really sold it for me was like the the scene where she gets up into the tree with uh, Lola, her droid, which I think yeah. is a sick droid, by the way. Um, and she's just like commenting on all of the ships that are leaving Alderaan, and mm-hmm. she's just like, "That one's boring. That one's that one's cool. I've seen that one before." Like, I just yeah. thought that was just like really, really cute, and like it really just like brought the character out. Like that that's what really sold me. Like. I, I could see I could see Leia doing that. <laughs> yeah, I think that I was blown away because I really didn't expect her to be this present in the show, right? Uh, that's bleeding more into episode two, but yeah, um, I understand that people are tired of the grizzled old Star Wars character with a young child, but I think she's she's delivering so she's blowing past that trope to make it just very fun to watch and i'm happy about that definitely man definitely um good stuff uh we do see this one scene where she's like talking to her cousin um and in the background is c3po i wanted to shout out c3po love it yeah that's cool um and she like is with like her cousin um you know, in some sort of like family function, and she like completely obliterates him by like mm-hmm. <laughs> just using her words, and it's just like great writing because like like I don't know, you're just seeing glimpses of Leia like through this like kid, and like mm-hmm. that's who she ends up being. Like Governor Tarkin, like I thought I smelled your foul stench when I stepped on board and stuff like that. You know, like she's always with like the quips and like can just destroy somebody and tear them apart with words. And honestly, like I've seen some people say that like, perhaps she used the force a little bit in this moment where she sort of like peered into her cousin's like psyche and was able to sort of like understand like his fears um, of his okay. like father not, not loving him and stuff, which I thought was a really great touch. Um, I don't know if yeah. I necessarily noticed it the first time I was watching it, but yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I was wondering in these first two episodes, I was like, is there going to be a moment where it's like clear to us that she does a force thing, but like not to her, um, whether that's like just sensing something or like very, very subtle, right? Because like maybe Obi-Wan just assumes that because they're both Anakin's children, they both have an equal chance of showing power as jedi but like you would think that maybe because of the way he talks about leia in the original trilogy and yoda maybe they have a sense that she's force sensitive when they say there's another right they just went to luke first i don't know i don't know yeah i I don't know uh leia obviously doesn't get like the same training as as luke does in the original trilogy though she is trained as a jedi later on Um, yeah so i I wonder if just because she's like a child and like how anakin in phantom menace it's like he won the pod race why because he's sensitive like are we gonna break out the midi-chlorian counter for baby leia yeah right (laughs) so i don't know um so yeah we we ended up seeing her sort of 
honestly we there is a scene between her and um her her father bale organa and they're talking on the balcony and if you're that that kind of brought, almost brought me to tears too it was very sweet interaction between the two of them i really liked yeah that was that. nice um and she she has a proclivity for sort of like running out into the woods and stuff and she does that after this family meeting and uh she gets kidnapped by flea from the red hot chili peppers <laughs> that was so funny i sent a picture of i our friend omar texted me after the show was over he's like how was it and i was like it's cool. Can I send you a picture of the credits? And he was like, sure. And what killed me, Mike, is on the credit screen, just seeing the Star Wars credits, the stars, the blue, like blue green font just said flea. And I sent that to him. And he lost it. That was so good. Dude, it's it's pretty funny, but like he did a great job. Yeah, he played a cool bounty hunter. Yeah, uh, I, I will it... say <laughs> that scene of them chasing her. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it was a little. It was a little low energy, I think. Um, yeah, maybe that was her using the force. Maybe that was a. Yeah, I feel like she would have been a lot easier to catch if you were trying. Yeah, she's together. she's got those like those fast feet, the the force speed, you know. Right. Yep. Totally. She she broke some ankles out there, and it's all because yeah. of the force. <laughs> I thought she had a pretty sweet slide, though. Did you? Notice yeah, that, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i was like whoa okay cool um that was like an apex legend slide that she did um, yeah it was just it was very clearly there was one of the moments where it was like you could have grabbed her like what did you why <laughs> but yeah so uh yeah we get we, basically she gets captured jimmy jimmy smith's bail organ is like obi-wan you gotta help me obi-wan's like no find somebody else yeah, I like that. Uh, which was pretty funny. Um, and uh, Jimmy Smith has to, like, come to his house, basically, and be like, no, you have to help me. <laughs> like, uh, basically convinces Obi-Wan that if Luke is so important, why isn't Leia? They're they're the same, basically. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, decides that he's going to go try to find her, so... That's basically where the first episode ends, right? If I'm thinking correctly. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it was a lot of just tone setting, which I appreciated. Um, like I said, I really don't care one way or the other for the other villains outside of the third sister. But incredible first episode, I think. I loved it. I was very, very happy with it by the time credits came up. Same. Great, great first episode. Great start. Um, yeah. This, the second episode though boy oh boy we get into some we get into some stuff there's more action in this episode i'd say mm-hmm. um obi-wan kenobi uh basically having accepted the uh having accepted his task from bail organa travels uh incognito to Dayu, which is like the hong kong uh, planet and tries to basically track down leia because uh he finds out that they've these smugglers these bounty hunters have brought leia to Dayu, and it becomes known to the viewer through some exposition that it was the third sister all along 
um, Raven, who basically coordinated the uh, capture of Leia Organa to basically bait Obi-Wan into coming and rescuing her. And uh, boy, oh boy, it works. <laughs> yeah, again, further developing her and making me think she's just a very interesting villain where... Uh, like, I, I'm curious, because clearly this didn't work, so I'm wondering what extents she'll go to in future episodes, right? Like, is she going to capture Luke also? Like, do you think that's the avenue they take? Like, does she know about Luke? If she knew about Leia... Uh, well, no, she said that she chose Leia because she knew Bale was Obi-Wan's friend, right? That's that's what she said, yeah. So. Okay, then yeah, she doesn't know about Luke then. Um but yeah, this yeah, episode I don't think, I I don't think Raven. I don't think Raven knows of the like the greater significance of Leia. You know, like yeah, you're correct, and I did not think that. I just assumed that because she knew about Anakin, maybe she knew about the kids, but she wouldn't have known that. Um, yeah, I, I liked this episode a lot. I I want to ask you, um, how did you feel? when your theory about Kumail Nanjiani playing a Jedi was true and then immediately wrong. <laughs> I thought it was perfect, to be honest. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of his Eternals character. Um, kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the name of his character? But he was Kingo. like a Bollywood... Yes, yes. He was like the Bollywood actor. Yeah, um, super, super into himself. Really, really uh, thinks he's suave. Swindler almost, but... Yeah, I yeah. thought I thought I thought it was cool, right? Just seeing a snake oil salesman basically on this planet. That was fun. Yeah, we get we get some cool like establishing shots of this planet. Uh, we get like Obi Wan just like moping around with his hood up and stuff, and like his Game Boy. His Game Boy, exactly. Uh, he comes across he comes across a clone trooper that's like homeless and like struggling, uh, a asking for money on the side of the street, which was awesome. I thought that was like well sucks for the clone trooper but you know i thought that was a great addition you know yeah i love that because again it makes this universe feel more real you know yeah so. for sure and that was definitely tamura morrison um, yeah i recognize the voice i was so confused i was like who what who is this that's not no because <laughs> i'm just so used to the d bradley baker clones at this point and i was like it's not boba fett and then i was like oh yeah he's the clones of course <laughs> yeah yeah, he's the live action version. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I actually paused it and I like looked really close at his face because they did a lot. They, they did a good job with the makeup and like the facial hair yeah. and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, that's Tamora Morrison, but just like really done up, like. Mm -hmm. Um. So that was cool. A good little detail there. Um, Obi Wan eventually tracks down um, Leia with the help, I guess, of Kumail Nanjiani's character. Who basically swindles people to uh he, he makes them think that he's a jedi and he does all these like tricks basically using the quote-unquote force um but basically like everybody's in on it um and uh yeah he just swindles people for money but but in the end i think he's good he's a good guy because he does help people get to their destinations um ultimately you know mm -hmm. so um Obi-Wan eventually tracks down Leia, um, beats up Flea, which was awesome. Yeah. Think, things you never think you'd see. Um, 
and uh, finds Leia in a cell, kind of reminiscent to Luke saving Leia in episode four. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Good, good point. Uh, Leia is obviously very skeptical of this, um, but she reluctantly comes with Obi-Wan. They try to get off the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of like sneaking around. Uh, Reva alerts all the bounty hunters on the planet that Obi-Wan is there uh, because she realizes that Obi-Wan probably rescued Leia. Um, and she basically just like waits and just sits on top of a building and just waits to see like people start shooting. Um, and yeah, Obi-Wan basically gets involved with some bounty hunters. Leia is extremely skeptical of him. Um, I forget like what triggers her to like completely like run away from Obi-Wan because there is a moment in which she's like, no, screw this. Like, and just like runs away from Obi-Wan. So it's a lot of strife. I think it's when she sees that Obi-Wan is wanted right. on the um, the wrist thing. Like, she sees his face as, like, oh, bounty on this guy, and she assumes that he's a bad guy. Um, but, yeah, all, that entire chase sequence I thought was cool. Uh, Rayba doing some, like, sick Assassin's Creed moves <laughs> was fun. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just the, just the chase, like, the escape... Um, it was tense. They had to run through. Yeah, it was cool. And I, I enjoyed seeing uh, the bounty hunters pop up. And I think there was that one like bug droid that we had a story about months ago. It was like, hey, this random ass bounty hunter is going to be in the Obi-Wan show. And we were like, why? This was why. <laughs> it was this one of them. Like... Yeah. Um, um, there was this one moment where like a bounty hunter comes like turns a corner and obi-wan's there and without doing anything obi-wan just like punches him in the face <laughs> which i thought was pretty funny just like immediately i was like wow like he's really tapping into the force there really knows this guy's out to get him oh yeah um speaking of the force he does end up saving leia she's like so scared of obi-wan mm-hmm. that like she tries to like i forget she like falls off the top of a building or something um, yeah she's trying to jump across like a street i think yeah from rooftop to rooftop but she falls and she grabs onto a clothes line uh and then loses her grip and falls but obi-wan connects to the force uh he looks pretty strained while he's doing it um and yeah. and helps leia uh land safely so uh we ended up getting Kumail Nanjiani sort of helping him and Leia figure out how to get off the planet since the Empire had basically shut it all down after they realized that Obi-Wan was on the planet. And they go to a um, cargo facility, basically, where they're going to like stow away on some automated ship. Um, and there's this really cute moment between Obi-Wan and Leia where like Leia is basically like, well, like then they won't find us here or something like that, and, and mm-hmm. she's just like, oh, like let's go, and Obi Wan just like doesn't follow her, but just like looks at her, and Leia turns around and she's like, what, and Obi Wan's like, you just remind me of somebody that I knew, like I thought that that was really good, like, yeah, that also almost got me just because, uh it was it was it was fun at first i was like 
oh, he's talking about, like, when he was roaming around with, like, young Anakin at first. But then when he talks more, I was like, oh, no, he sees, like, the like the Padme in her, which was really nice. Um, yeah. Just, just to see that sort of brought up in relation to, um, like, her role as a queen at a young age and then just seeing her daughter basically have the same kind of attitude I liked him acknowledging it that way yeah um you know obi-wan and padme were they were friends they yeah. cared about each other so mm-hmm. uh reva basically crashes the party um uh the grand inquisitor comes and crashes reva's party reva gets pissed that the grand inquisitor is trying to take all of the uh all the credit for himself and she stabs him in the impales him with it yeah impales him with her lightsaber in the chest so yeah well to be fair i know there's been a lot of like is this what's going on here right like yeah alien maybe vital organs aren't in the same spots very true so true Mm. so true maybe i mean maybe no heart maybe no heart you know i don't know yeah i mean he's not dead we know that he's not dead Oh yeah, he he shows up in Rebels. He dies in Rebels. So like you know he didn't die here. It's just probably pretty messed up. Um, but that gives Obi Wan a chance to escape basically, but not before Reva confirms to Obi Wan that uh, Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. Yeah. So which I think which I think Obi Wan already knew, um, but I don't think he knew that Darth Vader like. This is what kind of was getting me a little bit. Like, yeah. Because Obi-Wan knows in, in episode three that Anakin is Darth Vader, but he doesn't know that he's like the machine Darth Vader, you know? Yeah, so from what we talked about when I rewatched Revenge of the Sith, he absolutely knows that Anakin Skywalker took on the name Darth Vader. I think because of his lifestyle, he is just completely like separated from empire propaganda that he just does not know that there's a person named darth vader out and about probably uh or maybe at this point in the empire darth vader's not well known maybe that's possible yeah because like i always assumed he was a propaganda thing but even in solo right like I don't think we ever saw Vader in that propaganda. We just saw the stormtroopers and thinking through it, it would probably maybe look bad if the emperor was like, Oh yeah, I have this, this guy. Cause there's still a Senate, right? Like if he's like, yeah, I got this guy. He can like murder anybody that yeah. I point him at. Like I just always assumed, but maybe he is kind of a hush hush. Like he's more of a rumor. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I think you make a good point. I think you make a good point because at this point in the Star Wars timeline, the Senate still exists. So there is some sort of appearance of checks and balances, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't think, I don't know if the Emperor, I think you make a good point. I think the Emperor wouldn't want to like broadcast the fact that he's doing like extrajudicial killings, you know, with yeah. Darth Vader. Um, I think that maybe later on, uh, like in the original trilogy, like after the Death Star and stuff, and after the dissolution of the Senate, uh, Vader probably probably does become a big part of the propaganda. 
but probably not at this point. So I think Obi-Wan's coming from the angle that his apprentice turned to the dark side and he left his apprentice for dead on Mustafar, assuming that he died. So mm-hmm. when he when he realizes that his that Anakin's still alive, he realizes Darth Vader's still alive. That opens up a whole can of worms for my, for our boy. Um, and the episode ends with basically him saying, Anakin, looking all like like WTF, as Leia's like, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. That's it. And you're forgetting, Mike, we get to see Darth Vader in the back of the tank. Oh, shit. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the last thing. Uh, he, looks, he looks scary. Yeah, intimidating. Um yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I'm looking forward to see him. I assume it's next week, right? You leave off on that cliffhanger and then we pick up and we get to see Vader for the first time this Wednesday. It's my guess. I hope so, man. I really hope so. But Yeah, did you feel well, as strongly about episode two as you did episode one? Uh I actually think I like episode two better than episode one, to be honest. Okay. Nice. I they're they're both phenomenal. I was hooked the entire time. Yeah, I think that this is such a strong start to one of these shows. And like, I I still think Mando episode one is still a very, very strong pilot, right? Um, But these two episodes together, I think, is just so fantastic. And I'm very, very happy with it so far. Me too. I'm like a little sad that there's nothing new for me to watch you know (laughs) yeah i mean i was i'm with you i was thinking about rewatching again yeah if not tonight then like this weekend for sure i'm gonna be rewatching these um just because how could you not like there's so much more to take in i think um on on a future viewing so um deborah chow is doing an amazing job her direction is incredible fantastic yeah big props to her good stuff um the writing so far is compelling um the casting is great um so far i'm 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 digging it man i'm really digging it it's it's everything that i wanted it to be and more so far yeah i wholeheartedly agree and i cannot wait for wednesday well at least we don't have to wait a whole week though that's good yeah for sure um as we wind down, Mike, there was one more piece of information that has come out. Okay. If we're done talking about Obi-Wan. I'm good with Obi-Wan, man. I'm just excited okay. to watch the next episode. Yeah, we will, of course, be talking more Obi-Wan next episode. But uh, the first time I, the first person I saw tweet about this was Jay Nicholson, but I've seen other things okay. talk about it now. Uh, the Mandalorian... Grogu, Boba Fett, and Fennec Shand are coming to Batuu this year, and the time period of the story of the park is shifting. Whoa, okay. So they're ditching the sequels. I mean, Rise of the Resistance, you can't change that. That's still going to be a Resistance ride, I'm sure. But, yeah. The characters, I, I would assume lore and merch shifting to Return of the Jedi era that's crazy yeah that's pretty wild actually like 
They're just not going to have Kylo Ren and Rey walking around Galaxy's Edge anymore? I would imagine not, at least for a while. But Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised it took them this long, if I'm being honest, because like, if you look at what uh, the Avengers thing does in California, literally as soon as a new character pops up in the MCU, they are there. Like, within hours. <laughs> so, like... Uh, it makes sense, and everybody loves Mando, Grogu, all that stuff. So, curious to see how that pod's going to work. Are they going to just make something that floats? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, how are they going to do Grogu? Like, I, I, you know what they're probably going to do? They're probably going to have the Mandalorian walking around, like, carrying Grogu. Yeah, either that or, like, some wild Imagineering tech or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah that's that's interesting but yeah yeah one last story to close it out hey man we're gonna have a lot more to talk about next week i think um i i imagine that you know is is celebration going until sunday i believe it's sunday it could be monday i don't know so yeah i'm sure that tomorrow we'll get some more news I'm sure that maybe Sunday we'll get some more news. And then, of course, we'll be back on Wednesday to talk about all that and the new episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it's a it's a Star Wars time here on Jedi Knights. And I'm I'm happy. I'm living large, eating it up. Me too, man. It feels good. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's it for 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 this for this week. That's a that's a chonker of an episode. Absolutely. Um, but it was it was a pleasure as always, Christian. Um, you want to take us out to see, my man? Sure thing. Where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter at Mike P Connors. Very nice. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Chun Two D Two. You can find the show on Twitter at Jedi Knights JC. That's Jedi Knights without the K. If you want to listen to the show, you can do so on your favorite audio service like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Once again, just look up Jedi Knights without the K or Joy Clicks, and you will find us there. If you want to support the shows further, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1 and $5 tiers. Five bucks will give you producer credit on this show and every show we produce, like Aaron Easton and Jose Garcia. But if you don't do that, you can also just leave a, re- a review or a rating on your service because it is very easy, it is free, and it helps us out. But yeah, that is it for another week of Star Wars. Mike, as you said, it's always a pleasure. Uh, And until next week, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Oh, yes, 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 you're right. Beep is up.